0: the tornado hits me oh. hey welcome everybody to another edition of the total basis podcast i am your host felipe malicio with me as always it's sean flannery sean how are you doing this evening
1: i just had to come off mute there I, I just totally screwed with felipe i apologize he was in the middle of talking i hit the record button zoom lady let us know that we were recording and uh, you know a typical start to the show
0: yeah, you know, because I'm a professional, I, uh, I swung into action. I mean, that's basically, I don't need a director telling me action. I just need Zoom lady to tell me action. So. <laughs> but yeah, we're back, back to back. We're doing Monday nights for the moment. Uh, we're back on the weekdays. as uh, I realize that the weekends are just too hectic for us at this point. You know, it's summer. It's, an, it's always beautiful outside, um, except for today. And actually yesterday afternoon, we, we got hit by thunderstorms as well, uh, Sean. We've been talking about the weather off off the air so to speak. So uh, yeah, that's um, it's been pretty hectic uh, around here in Chicago after we've been getting like bombarded with all these beautiful days here. And now it's like, all right, here's the other opposite (laughs) side of the spectrum, thunder and lightning and, and tornado warnings and watches. I I
1: mean, we're just a couple of months away from Ben Stiller uh, in uh, tropic thunder who left the fridge open. I mean, that's coming in a couple of months. So you're about to get all of it in just a few, few couple months.
0: Well, Let's get going then, because I can only imagine uh, how hectic it was going to be outside. I don't know how long I could be on. Oh, we'll give it the old. uh,
1: Corey is uh, janking on us after we took our, you know, like month long break. He said two weeks in a row. Wow. Hey, we're we're trying here, Corey. We're trying.
0: Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, I was doing um, some NBA draft work. Uh, for the step back podcast with Jacob and Leon. So that I was doing
1: work, so work. <laughs>
0: he was, he was, Sean got a new job where his schedule was more hectic than the pitches we we're about to talk about. Uh, and it, was, it, it just coincided with the all-star game. I did a couple of episodes with Dong City as well. So it, it, I, I was doing everybody's podcast, but this one and uh, Sean couldn't uh, go on because of, uh, of, of scheduling, constant scheduling conflicts. But it looks like we finally are back. Uh, just in time for the stretch run uh, of Major League Baseball in August and September, but the the reason I, I uh, we are doing the show today is we, we are going to be talking about starting pitchers, and it's been very frustrating in all my leagues. Not it, usually it's one league or maybe two leagues, but the third one is pretty good about the you know the waiver wire uh, starting pitchers. This uh, but the last month actually since the All Star game, uh, Sean, it seems like there are no pitchers left. There's like on the waiver wire, free agency. There's in terms of fantasy baseball. All of these mediocre ass pitchers are just—they just leave me wanting more, and I'm just kind of. Well, I figure you know you're you're pitching expert around these parts here, and I figure I ask you what
1: expert in air quotes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I figure I ask you uh, what what's the deal? What what happened to where have all the good pitchers have gone? Uh,
1: they got hurt. I, I, honestly, though, I that is one of I think the biggest reasons that uh, the waiver wire seems to be really shallow this year is you've had a lot of big-name, early-round-type starting pitchers that have all missed time. Jacob DeGrom, Shane Bieber, Jack Flaherty. I mean, the list goes on. And so early on, and then you had guys that were underperforming, like Luis Castillo. Uh, Early on, teams didn't want to give up on those guys. They put them on the aisle if they could. They benched them. um, To the people that dropped Luis Castillo, shame on you. We told Uh, you not to do it. You should have have known better. Just listen to us. But they did try and replace them while they stashed those guys. And so I think that led to an early run of trying to pick out what w- normally would be a strong waiver wire throughout the year. And it got picked clean early because yeah. they picked the guy. And a lot of these guys have been pretty solid. You know, you say Kikuchi, Christian Javier, who's been in the I bullpen. I, s- mean, I say you- Kakachi. I say Kikachi. You say Kikuchi. Uh, there, there's just been a lot of pitchers. Frankie Montas probably found himself on the waiver wire after his slow start and in the last six weeks he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. and that is you know a guy on my team in the baseball life league. Everyone janked on me because I didn't pick a pitcher and I think it was the first eight rounds. And I went with the quantity over quality and that has actually worked out for me and I picked Chris Sale and Louis Severino. Way at the end of the draft as just, you know, complete dart throws for an actual bona fide ace. Chris Sale is returning this Saturday. So if he is available in your redraft leagues, go get him. Uh, it, try and get the drop on your league mates. Maybe they don't know that he's starting on Saturday because it's still a few days out, but they announced it a couple days ago. But yeah, it seemed to be quantity over quality in terms of avoiding that waiver wire mess i've run i don't think i've really made a severe uh add drop in terms of pitching all year in the baseball life league i've been very lucky when it comes to health uh Uvalde had a great start frankie montas freddie peralta part of that three-headed dragon in milwaukee trevor rogers has probably been the one that i've had that's been hurt the most uh kikuchi maley uh, Lance McCullers, Robbie Ray has it a breakout year with an ERA under three. It's, uh, like I said, I haven't, I haven't had those issues, but I do know people that have.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, currently in my points league, uh, the, uh, Mardi Gras, uh, baseball league, I have, um, I am just like you, I haven't done any waiver wire pickups to help my pitching staff, which is ironic. Cause I got Jacob the on the IL. I, I also have, uh, you know, I figured I, I would, you know, do the revolving door at pitchers. Go look at streaming options and two two start pitchers as well. I thought I had more, and in, and and in the end, I've just been kind of, uh, you know, pinching the few pitchers that I do have. Like Jerry Krause on draft night went with his two lucky pennies. Like I got the pick that I wanted. I'm done. I'm like that now. I'm and here's the pitchers that are are, are like you know I've been kind of kind of like going back and forth with. After I'm giving up on closers, there's plenty of closers out there, by the way, but uh, you know, there's so good luck th- finding them. <laughs> no, they, there are out there because of all the injuries as well. I mean, Josh Hader's injured. A- I Chapman is injured. It's just that they don't get consistent opportunities. Yeah, that's what I was going to say.
1: It's more of. Uh, you have injuries that open up spots, but teams don't go to like the one guy in the end. They go to a committee. I mean, look, look at the Cubs. Kimbrell gets yeah. traded. Um uh, that Matt something guy who throws really hard. Uh Dominguez, no. I, 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 I picked him up in my 30s in Dynasty Wait, League, rostered former... him for all of two days. He got he got one save. He was on my bench when he got the save. He Matt Dominguez. Is, is it Dominguez? I don't know. I'm
0: asking. Is it Matt Dominguez? Uh, I, that... I
1: don't I I'll have to look it up, but the you know former
0: third baseman. <laughs>
1: they're they're looking for you know, an option at the end of that bullpen. Uh, yeah. Cody Hoyer, who they got back in the Kimbrel trade is probably a really good pick right now if he's available. Uh, it's just, you don't know where all of these teams are going to go for their saves and it's uh pair pulling out and I can see why some people just punt save sometimes.
0: Yeah, well, and the opposite side of the spectrum. I've been trying to, you know, do a revolving door at my pitchers. I mean, right now I'm uh, on the back end of my rotation. It's Cole Irvin, Shane McClanahan, Luis Gill, Josiah Gray and Trevor Rogers, who's on bereavement, not on bereavement. He's on family emergency leave, but you know, he's not with the team, so I can't use him. but I can't cut him either because he's too valuable still. But uh, at any rate, I mean, those are the pitches that I have. And i just, I figure those are those guys are droppable. And then I look at my waiver wire and there's no one that's legitimate that I can replace them with. And that's what we're talking about. And it's the same thing in the baseball life league. I mean, you you see that in that league, uh, you got to, be able to stream because it's a bi-weekly league. So every what Friday and Monday, we got to switch lineups and get those starting pitchers out there brother. I've been like scratching and clawing the very depths of that waiver wire, just looking for any competent pitcher. I mean, I've sometimes just go with five relief pitchers, five relief pitchers uh, and just three starting pitchers and hope for the best. And that's kind of been a strategy that's been working for me. I would uh, like to let
1: everyone know that when I said Matt Dominguez, I was not even close. This kid's name is Manuel Rodriguez.
0: Because I was going to ask you, are you talking about Matt Dominguez, the former Marlins and Astros farhand?
1: <laughs> I don't know where I got Matt Dominguez from. Because
0: he's a former third uh, baseman. Yeah. Uh, you were thinking about uh, him the whole time. Totally. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, as uh, so you can see, uh, Sean is still uh, on you know, on hiatus in his own mind here. But uh, we'll get him Hero. up to speech. <laughs> we'll get him up to speech soon enough. But the other thing I wanted to point out is is not just uh, the the injuries, I, I think, but just thinking about the situation. And I think I ha- you had to point out that COVID really messed up a lot of development last year, and it's screwing up the people's development this year. Not to uh, mention the uh, the fact that uh, the minor league system has been completely reshuffled, as we talked about last week, uh, Sean, about how um, you know the pitchers are not are, are, are just not getting the development or the or the touches or the or the or the innings or the pitches to really hone their skills. And I think that has something to do with it. Cause I can remember a time where you could just wait for whatever starting pitcher to come up and get a regular rotation spot. And they'd be good to go for at least four or five innings every five days for a temporary while. Now those temporary guys are like, they're trying to build up their strength in the majors, which yeah. is just insane. I don't know if you see that, that, that maybe COVID might've done a, uh, uh, have a negative, a severely negative effect on pitchers this year, starting pitchers that is.
1: I, I think it's more of, you know, both that, you know, uh, we've also seen this with some teams where it's more of a let them rehab in the majors. And I think we've seen that with Zach Gallon. Zach Gallen, you know, has come back from you know several what he it feels like he's had two season ending injuries in the same year. Everyone rushed and said, okay, he's done, we're dropping him. And then he's back in like three weeks. Uh, but he he's doing kind of very much the same thing. He's building up at the major league level because what's the point if you're Arizona to send him to triple a in the reformed PCL league and any ball that he gives up in the air is just going to go 600 feet and be a home run. That doesn't help anybody. No. So they, they just put him in the major league staff where they need help and he'll throw three or four innings. And that leads to guys like Matt Peacock throwing four innings in relief and getting a stolen base. Uh, <laughs> we, we had pitcher stolen base this week. Uh, that was my interesting factoid. I was going to bring to the show. Matt Peacock stole a base. His feathers were flying.
0: Not to be confused with uh, Brad Peacock.
1: No, Brad Peacock is uh, like in the not he he fell off a cliff and died. Uh, he had shoulder surgery, then Cleveland picked him up and then Washington. picked it, it was bad.
0: Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize it. I mean, I, I I, haven't heard from him, so I figured he wasn't in the, in the big leagues anymore, but I didn't realize it was that big of a fall from grace for the guy. I used to like him a lot. Yep. Um, oh, well. The other thing I wanted to mention was probably the other possible reason is something that we always talk about around these parts is that unless you're the Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays or the Cleveland Guardians or the Galaxy or the even the LA Dodgers are kind of frustrating, as we always talk about on this show, is that they like to baby their, pitch, their starting pitchers to almost to a fault where you want to pull your hair out and stuff, but they do do a good job of developing pitchers. But outside of those four teams, maybe even a fifth team somewhere out there, major league baseball teams are not doing a very good job of developing their own starting pitchers. And they're, everybody's just kind of waiting to see what other teams are doing in developing uh, uh, pitchers. That's what I think that's the reason why a lot of the uh, elite starting pitchers nowadays are well over 30 years old, despite the fact that we've been, uh, I, and I know this because personally that I've, that's been the argument between my league mates is, the, the thought process is younger is always better. True, but we've seen it time and time again, Sean, that starting pitchers, the older they get, the better they get at their craft and they're able to perform. Hence, you know, Jacob the Grom, you know, sense the injuries. Lance Lynn is another good example of guy who uh, people thought he was done and was never going to amount to anything. Now suddenly he's an elite starting pitcher. Uh, pretty much, there's all this is just to say that sometimes, if, and, and a lot has been said about this lately. Sometimes older is better, not just with catchers, as we like to talk about, but with starting pitchers as well. Maybe there is something to the fact that experience and uh craftsmanship are, are to a, uh, an older pitcher's advantage as opposed to a younger pitcher who's still trying to build up arm strength, still trying to figure out what his stuff is made of, and trying to get that experience to get that craftiness as well. Um, so, like I said, outside of those four teams, Everybody else is doing a horrible I think, I don't know about you, Sean, but I think everybody's doing a horrible job. Every tw- all the, all <laughs> tweens are doing a horrible job developing pitchers.
1: I, I think they just, a lot of teams, especially this year, have them, you know, kind of found themselves between a rock and a hard place because after the shortened 2020 season, uh, you're already kind of handicapping and hedging against, especially with young pitchers. You look at a team like uh, say the Royals, uh, they have a lot of young pitchers. They're having middling success, And But they don't want to go overboard on one of them or all of them because then you're just handicapping yourself further for next year, two years, and you can't just drastically build these guys up. And you're even seeing it with some veterans. Uh, Taiwan Walker, uh, the last three years combined, had thrown, I believe it was uh, 64, 74 innings, and he's already gone well over that this year. So it's a, a balancing act that a lot of teams are having to do. Uh, some teams like Houston, uh, L.A. has really – the Dodgers at least have gone out there and definitely added depth. You know, Cole Hamels, guys, they, they pulled David Price out of the bullpen. Granted, if you're a championship contending team and your two rotation additions towards the end of the year are Cole Hamels and David Price, I worry about your long-term success in the playoffs, but it's still depth. And some teams are, you know, lucky enough and smart enough to have developed that depth and have it at a high enough level to where they can plug it in. I think we're seeing that with Seattle. I think we're seeing that with Detroit. Uh, Detroit's a team that really is letting the young guys throw this year. They've delayed a couple of them. Uh, Casey Mize has really been throttled, especially during those summer months. Uh, So he could pitch all year. But we're seeing like Matt Manning up. He's really struggling, but he's here. Uh, Tariq Skubal is doing well. It's like I said, it's a tough place for a lot of teams, especially a team like the Mets who did go out there and get starting pitching depth, and it still didn't work because they the depth got hurt. Jordan Yamamoto well was, was you know supposed to be like the sixth man in that rotation, and he made all of I think one start and one relief appearance. It's uh it's tough when you plan to have depth and then the depth disappears.
0: Yeah, that's, it, it's pretty frustrating. Um, whether you're a, you're a fantasy leaguer or just a fan of real baseball, but let's get to it then. Let's get, let's, we'd like to evaluate pitchers. So let's evaluate some pitchers here. Uh, although uh, Corey, I can't think of any, but maybe you can. Corey of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast every Thursday or Wednesday. I don't even know anymore. Corey's asking if you if we're expecting any September call-ups uh, that we're looking uh, forward to seeing this year.
1: Well, with, you know, r- uh, rosters only going from 26 to 28, yeah. uh, the days of drastic, you know, tryouts for minor leaguers, I think are done. Yeah. Granted, I think Adley Rutschman just got promoted up to AAA uh, yesterday or today. I could see him up in a month. Honest. I-, I think we could see him. Uh, another guy who's in triple A. I think we see another uh, shot of Vidal Brujan down the stretch as, as Tampa goes to get some more speed and versatility. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Gorman I'm thinking of or Nolan Thomas? Uh, both third base prospects left-handed. Uh, I'm thinking of Gorman. He struggled somewhat this year at AAA, was doing really good at Double A. He's been playing a lot of second base, which is interesting after St. Louis goes out and acquires Nolan Arenado, their top prospect, also a third baseman, starts playing second base. Uh, Just a couple of names out there. In terms of starting pitching, I I just don't see a team doing it unless it's someone like the Reds and they bring up Hunter Green, uh, the multi-multi-flamethrower guy, uh, put him in the bullpen. Uh, Shane Baz for the race. I could see the same thing. Yeah, I, I just don't ones. think any team, possibly the twins with Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan's a little bit, you know, not necessarily a consensus top 100 guy, depending on who you talk to, but he was acquired in the Nelson Cruz deal and Minnesota needs arms. I mean, it, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs in that uh, twins bull or yeah, twins rotation. So maybe Joe Ryan gets a look, but I don't think teams are going to push their starters this year, starting prospects in terms of September.
0: Yeah. uh, The twins. uh, Yeah. They, they look awful at this point. Yeah. And uh, I was looking forward to seeing the the two prospects that we kind of uh, talked about way back in the winter. And that was Johan Duran for sure. That's one of them. And the other one, I believe was his name was Jordan Blatzovich.
1: Blatzovich. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Him. I was expecting to see those guys, but I'm not sure how they're developing. I'm not sure if they're ready to go, but at any rate, let's, let's go talk about some of the pitches. And uh, of course I'm utilizing, uh, CBS sports, uh, most added players starting pitchers or actually pitchers in general, uh, as I kind of trust them more than any other website. I feel like they're the most legit, um, reading as to, uh, how the waiver wire is being worked on across all fantasy leagues. And the first guy with a jump from going from 4% to 41% is Luis Gill of the New York Yankees. I, I know you love how much you love the Yankees, but, uh, I don't know. Is there is there hope? I, I have him on my team, so I'm selfishly starting with him as well. That's another uh, underlying motivation. But do you see any uh, long term solution in Louis' skill for the rest of the year?
1: Uh, for sure. I mean, he's had two very very good starts. He can consistently put his fastball up in the zone, and it's got really good spin rate. You know, really good rising action on it. Uh, it's just which one of the secondaries holds on. Uh, right now he hasn't allowed a hit on any of his changeups. He's thrown 21 and he's allowed three hits on 62 sliders. He's just been unhittable, but you know, he's a young pitcher. He's 23. Uh, there was no minor league season last year. So teams that possibly had advanced scouting on him, had him for, uh, had all of just, uh, 60 innings to scout from this year and see if, what he's doing in the minors, um, Baseball is a game of moves and counter moves. Yeah. Uh, the batters will adjust, and he'll have to adjust. And I think when, when once you start that game, you have to see how the player adjusts to determine if there's lo- you know, any long term longe- longevity.
0: Well, I think it's worth uh, him getting a flyer. If you're one of the lucky few people that have them uh, that that uh, have them available in your league, I think you got to go and grab them right now. Stop listening to the show and just grab him right now. (laughs) Uh, In two starts, he's uh, posted an ERA of uh, zero. And a whip of 0.82. And uh, I do apologize for the screaming baby. She is home. There she is. <laughs> well, I can hear her. Sing us the song of your people, Penelope. Oh, uh, poor Penny. She's not in a good mood. <laughs> uh, next guy up is Cal Quantrill. This guy uh, in, in my league, in my points league, he's been the leading points getter in terms of the free agent pitchers. And yet he's constantly available. Like nobody wants him in our in my league for some whatever reason. And then you kind of look at the numbers closely, and he's not a strikeout pitcher. He's not going to uh, post like impressive numbers. He just kind of shows up. Um, Cal Quantrill, your thoughts on him? He's a
1: Cleveland starting pitcher. Yeah,
0: uh, I, I think he's like
1: right along that mold of like an Aaron Savali where he just kind of goes up there and you're not really sure how he's doing it, but he, he gets outs. <laughs> Uh, throwing a little bit, you know, harder this year. Uh, primarily sinker slider guy. Uh, Of course, his last two games have been, you know, I believe his best this year. I I love game logs that start at the bottom of the season. But yeah, you know, 13 innings over his last two starts, only one run, and it was an unearned. He had 10 strikeouts, but I think we should hedge here. In in seven innings, he had 10 strikeouts. It was against the Tigers, one of the worst offenses in baseball. Uh, But... Over the last five starts, it's been solid. It's just don't expect strikeouts. I mean, this is a a guy you're getting for hopefully ERA, uh, but he's also a guy that could end up in the bullpen uh, if Cleveland so deems it so. Um, But he's 26, Mm -hmm. so there's a chance that he hasn't really unearthed himself yet, and Cleveland still has some magic dust left. But he is pitching over his head, 3.14 ERA, expected ERA of over uh,
0: 4.5. that's the reason I don't get him is because all, all the advanced stats show uh, a very, a pretty mediocre pitcher. Although in the last months, that six game starts, he's gone up to uh 3.81 field independent pitching. So uh, that's right around the wheelhouse that I'm looking for, but you're right. that He doesn't, um, he doesn't really wow anybody. And the only good thing he has going for himself is that he is a former highly regarded prospect from the San Diego Padres uh, farm system. So that's something to be said. And Cleveland, obviously, went after him really hard along with all the other um San Diego Padres (laughs) prospects that seemed like that they were the uh the Padres were just a pipeline for Cleveland to uh restock their farm system and their major league roster uh but yeah seems to be uh yeah he's uh just double checking some things here yeah seems to be a a pitch to contact pitcher you know in the kind of in the ilk of uh Kyle Hendricks some guy we just mentioned uh before the show started, right? Throws throw slightly harder than Kyle Hendricks, just slightly. That. Five miles an hour. <laughs> no, you're right. I I do apologize. Uh, the average fa- uh, velocity on the on Cal Contr- Cal Quantrill's of uh, fastball, 94 miles an hour in the last 28 30 days. Sorry, in the last 30 days. So, um, but I digress. The next guy on this list, he just came back from injury not too long ago. Logan Webb. He's available in 67 of leagues. Um, I'm sorry, not 67. Uh, he has an ownership rate of 67. So there's like 25, 30-ish percent. 34. 34, 34. Thank you. 66,
1: 34 is 100.
0: There you go. Yeah, this is why uh I can do math. I can do math. I can't. I need a calculator. <laughs> why? Why are we listening to the stem mo- of the stat boys over here, and they can't even do simple math? Simple math. I went to, uh, I, I listened to uh, the Total Basis podcast and a Manchester Orchestra concert broke out. But uh, <laughs> Logan Webb is a guy I liked a lot before he got hurt. I, he was on all my teams that I could get. And then he, I, I forgot what the injury was. Uh, but, you know, he has a lot of things going for himself. Most Two most important things is that he pitches for the San Francisco Giants. And uh, he pitches for the San Francisco Giants at or Pac- or. <laughs> What the hell is the name of the ballpark in in San Francisco? Uh,
1: AT and T um, Oracle Oracle Oracle
0: Oracle Park Yahoo Stadium in San Francisco Bay AT and T Silicon Valley whatever the hell that is.
1: Five G vaccine site.
0: Five <laughs> G vaccine center.
1: Oh, God, I can't <laughs> wait for a park to be named after the COVID vaccine. <laughs>
0: Oh, the pfizer P- <laughs>
1: moderna stadium
0: <laughs> moderna stadium at pfizer field uh at johnson and johnson uh, uh infield stands oh. anyway logan webb as uh, people are tuning off because we're being assholes about things uh logan webb uh your take on him
1: uh logan webb really interesting of course had what is kind of deemed a, a breakout start where you know, he had six innings, nine strikeouts. That was the second most he's had in the game this year, dating back to when he had 10 against the Texas Rangers. Granted, it's the Texas Rangers, like we said, with the Tigers, one of the worst offenses in baseball. This one was interesting because it came against the Milwaukee Brewers, who since acquiring Willie Adams and Rowdy Telez have been one of the better offenses in baseball. Right. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. He's one of those, uh, like we talked about last week, If I could pull it up, the walk percentage is solid and San Francisco seems to be targeting these guys that don't give up walks, which is a pretty good thing to pick out in a player. Uh, (laughs) He gets a lot of vertical drop. I'm noticing just looking at this on his uh, pitch mix. Uh, He gets uh, eight inches more than average on both uh, vertical movement on both his sinker and his changeup which is getting him a lot of ground balls he has a 60 almost 61% ground ball rate that is elite uh the average launch angle against his sinker is negative 7 degrees so they are hitting it into the ground uh, for a sinker the 264 batting average against and 271 xba is seems actually pretty good for a sinker especially when you look at a lot of these guys who throw sinkers and you're seeing like 325 batting averages, 330 expected batting, because they're trying to get the ball on the bat uh, at, from the pitcher standpoint. Uh, this year, though, really refined his slider. Uh, they're batting only 140 against it with a near 45% whiff rate. Uh, so that's really given him an out pitch. Uh, it uh, should be interesting. A couple of guys that they compare him to based on velo and movement. A uh, 2019 Jose Barrios, a 2019 Pablo Lopez. And I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but a 2020 Carlos Martinez. Um, so interesting guy to watch. Uh, like you said, a lot of those arms in San Francisco have the benefit of pitching in San Francisco. So definitely someone to keep an eye on.
0: So just this just then we just got a tornado, another tornado warning that's going to be there uh, around till 730 p.m. Still not sure if that includes my area. I mean, I am in the County. Did you get it on the phone? Did, did got, your phone I, buzz? This, no, I, I didn't get a buzz, but oh. I have my phone on silent, but uh, this is the second one I've gotten. Although every time I look online, I know when I go on the, on the internet here on my computer, uh, it still says tornado watch. So I don't know who to believe, but, uh, we're still under the severe. You, you keep area. go.
1: You, you take this over.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out for you. All right. Well, Logan Webb, uh, just like Cal Quantrill, more contact uh, pitcher than like the dominant pitcher that we all think about when we think about the elite pitchers. But uh, Webb slightly has a better strikeout rate, slightly better walk rate, uh, but way better advanced ERAs. Even the XFIP, which kind of penalizes uh, pitchers who play in pitcher-friendly ballparks like San Francisco. Even XFIP, though, the expected field independent pitching, loves Logan Webb. Uh, Hard hit rate is kept at uh, at a balance. It gives up very low exit velocity. A lot to like about Logan Webb here. uh, I I like him a lot better than I do uh, Cal Quantrill. Um, But, uh, yeah, very similar pitchers with uh, different uh, results, I guess. The next guy up on this list, oh, I I somehow skipped on Luis Patino. Uh, That's an old favorite of ours. Luis Patino, the former Tampa Bay Rays. I'm sorry, another former Padres uh, farmhand, uh, now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, is he starting or is he,
1: he was starting. He started last on August 3rd, uh, when five innings, five hits, three earned runs, three strikeouts, two walks. Although the start before that on July 29th was really solid from him against the Yankees six innings, only five base runners allowed three hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, they're really kind of playing it safe with him. They kept, he would come up, make a start and then go back down to the minors and keep that starters workload. Uh, Because honestly, if Tampa wanted to, they could have thrown him in the bullpen and used him as one of those, you know, bolt guys. But I don't think that's what they wanted to do with him. I think they see him as a starter. I mean, they traded Blake Snell for this guy. So they don't want to trade Blake Snell and say, oh, this is, this is our star piece that we got back for trading our Cy Young winner. He's a follower. (laughs) Like, that doesn't excite anybody. You say, this is my starting pitcher on the mound. And that's a whole new meaning. So, I think that's the angle they're going to take with uh, Luis Patino.
0: Well, Luis Patino, in three games starts and over the last 30 days, only 16 innings pitched. So, there's going to be some growing pains there. He's only 21 years old. uh, But that's a guy, if you have the space for him, you make room for him on the end of your bench and just – keep them there long-term. If you have the patience for it, if not, if you're just looking to stream p- I guess you could use him as a stream pitcher, depending on the matchups. And if, and if he ever gets the luxury of getting the two starts per week for those who play in weekly leagues, like I do. Uh, but, uh, other than that, I again, just stick them at the end of your bench. And, uh, it's a long-term play. I know most people don't play in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues like you and I do, but, uh, yeah, even in, a, in a standard yearly, league, I think he would be a good, uh, just a good piece to just leave on your bench and see if anything comes to fruition if he starts developing like you mentioned if he starts developing in the majors as well so, yeah.
1: so your, your tornado situation based on a simple Google a tornado warning issued as of uh, six minutes ago yeah for Kane and I have no clue if I'm pronouncing this correctly Dupage.
0: Oh, look at you! It's uh, actually uh, DuPage County. Oh, DuPage. Huh? Yeah, I would we, have said DuPage. We, we, I'm, too, we, uh, I'm too, I'm
1: too artsy. Uh, that is the tornado warning. Uh okay. Cook County is not no warning. You are safe. All right. Yeah. For now. Yeah. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah,
0: I could always travel north. It could always travel east, uh, southeast towards Indiana. Just, go to Indiana. Screw it. <laughs> um. No, but yeah, I think uh, Chicago. And so we, we, we put a Chicago spin on that. I think you might be right. It might be DuPage because it is French, I guess. Um, it's a lot of French influence in this town, but um, uh, yeah, I I think I, we got a Dupage County over there. down that cook on 355 and all, Yeah, so anyway, uh Carlos Hernandez, uh don't I don't think I'm very familiar with him, but then again, the Royals is there is there a reason to be familiar with any Kansas City Royal uh pitchers at this point. 24-year-old has pitched in four starts, only 17 innings though. Uh, but he's. it looks like he's getting regular turns on the rotation. Carlos Hernandez of the Royals, what do you think?
1: I actually streamed him in my 30-team league at the beginning of the year. Uh, Throws really hard, doesn't have much of a feel for secondary pitches. If he did, he would be an issue because he has both a very good curveball and a slider. I just don't think he has the command of either to be effective. And that this is after he had a... Oh, I just had it pulled up. this is awkward yeah he had a in his four starts and 16 appearances so far this year a nearly five and a half walks per nine uh in the minors it really hasn't been an issue it's been in the low twos mid twos uh i think it's one of those guys who gets through the majors or gets through the minors with such great stuff that he gets swings on pitches that major league hitters just aren't going to swing at
0: I'm hearing sirens. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, right I'm, I'm freaking out. <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of distant, though. I'm gonna ask my wife if she here. Do you hear sirens? <laughs> uh, but uh, are you
1: in Cook County? Yeah. Or are are you in the other ones?
0: Uh, okay, so um, I, I am in the uh, outer edges of um, of Cook County. Uh, I'm near the border of, of DuPage County.
1: Oh, yeah. You're probably hearing DuPage's. If you're that close, they can be very loud, especially if there's one right at the end. Do they do they test them regularly for you yeah, guys? Uh,
0: once a month on Tuesdays. Uh, uh, the, for the, Tuesdays. Sorry, the, no, ours on, are on. Fridays. No, it's the first Tuesday of every month.
1: Oh, that's weird. Ours are on Fridays. Yeah, first
0: Friday. So yeah, that's where uh, I just sent you where I live. Please don't don't say <laughs> that name too loudly. Thank you very much. I like to keep some sort of privacy around here. Um, We're gonna come pick at your house. <laughs> This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He can't do math. He can't predict tornadoes. He can't predict pitchers. Uh, Ross Stripling.
1: Ross Stripling is uh interesting. He's, I, I, I don't know. I don't like him in the AL East. Yeah. Every now and then he has a start where you're like, wow, that's the all-star Ross Stripling from 2018 or 19, whatever the <laughs> hell it was. And then you're like, oh, crap, he doesn't have a good fastball, and he just gets pounded, I mean, religiously. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at his heat maps of his fastball, it is just r- right there in the middle. That- that's not <laughs> where you want to be with your fastball. And it's sad because he has really good secondaries. He had that splitter, split change, solid. Uh, the slider he actually locates pretty well to the outside. It still bleeds too much to the inside, and it has gotten crushed this year. But the curveball, the split change, uh, the split change is the one I don't get. He started throwing it less and less. So I don't know exactly what's caused him to do that, but that's what he's doing. So,
0: yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's kind of a bummer because uh, I've always liked him with the Dodgers, but uh, he goes to the Blue Jays, and it's, I know that they've been that they kind of uh messed him up a little bit because they they you know they they put him on the bullpen and then the starting rotation and then on the bullpen again. Uh over the last month he's uh damn, he's already 31 years old, man.
1: Yeah, he he was old when he debuted. I, I thought yeah. he was like 26, 27. He was a late bloomer. Uh, yeah. Uh, he really like, he he debuted in 2016? No.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. Uh but the strikeouts aren't there. The walks are a little bit too high for you know, for today's game. I mean, they're they're to give you a, a good uh, comparison, uh, we just talked about Cal Quantrill. He's at, uh, over the last 30 days, he's at 7.7 uh, walk percentage. Ross Stripling's at 7.0. So, I mean, it, it's not good, it's not bad, but it could be a lot better, especially, you know, what we expect to uh, to get from a, a guy like Ross Stripling, who does have a little bit of pedigree in him. Uh, the advanced ERAs are awful. He's getting lit up. 45.2 hard hit rate over the last 30 days. So, no. Yeah,
1: something that might be a little, you know, uh, mirage-like with Stripling is in his last three starts, he's gone at least five innings uh, in all three, and he's only given up three earned runs with 13 strikeouts and uh, 16 in the third innings, uh, which is solid. Uh, But once again, look at the teams he's played. New York Mets, one of the worst offenses in baseball. Kansas City Royals, same thing. And then the Cleveland Indians, who might as well just be called the Cleveland no-hitters. So, yeah, three really poor offensive teams, and he has taken advantage of it. And the two starts before that, he went up against the Rays and the Red Sox, and in a combined four innings, he gave up 10 earned runs. So,
0: yeah. Uh, I just asked my wife if she can hear the sirens too. Long story short, she told me that she doesn't know what a tornado looks like. Like. mm. (laughs) like she's lived in the city all her life <laughs> the city of chicago and so she i guess she assumes that me as a suburban kid uh would know what a tornado looks like no man we don't get tornadoes here but maybe, maybe uh, her
1: and penny can pull up on the little kitty ipad like a video of a tornado
0: and have yeah. an educational experience together i guess what she meant to say is that she's never experienced a tornado firsthand but still it's like yeah um but yeah this is like the second or third one we've gotten this uh spring slash summer so it, it they're they're coming more frequently. So, but we'll see. Hopefully, we can dodge another bullet here. God's uh, punishing the Rickets, too. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, watch, it hits Wrigley Field. <laughs> like, finally, the Cubs get a new stadium, but at what cost?
1: Uh, the Ivy, though.
0: <laughs> The, the they, they're going to like pick it up from the wreckages and like have an effigy to the Ivy. Actually the, the effigy Jesus. I, it, it turns out that the Ivy is the only thing that could survive uh, the, <laughs> that and the rats and the cockroaches that with 200 year old uh, pipes that are on their ground. Uh, Alec Mills, speaking of the Cubs, Alec Mills oh, is the next God. guy Four game start 21 innings pitch. Uh, check this strikeout per nine in the last 30 days, 4.29. So this guy's all about making 1921 baseball great again um
1: i've never i've never seen somebody want to be kyle Hendricks so bad in my
0: life dude you would take you would gladly take kyle hendrick numbers from alec mills i would gladly take cal Quantrill numbers from alec mills but this is ridiculous this is like this is like tw- early to mid 20th century baseball with this guy his strikeout per walk ratio is 1.67 um but yeah, the ERA people are gonna to flock towards him because the ERA is pretty low at 3.43. Although the WHIP is really high over the last 30 days at 1.52. And uh, oh, but you know,
1: for Mills, I'm seeing a 4.4
0: ERA the last 30 days. Oh, oh 30 days, 30 yeah, days. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to be a trendsetter here, man. I'm trying. I'm looking <laughs> for all the trends here. Uh, the one saving grace for him is that he gives up a very low. He posts a very low uh, barrel rate against at 3.9 again yep. over the last 30 days, and an exit velocity of 86.7 miles an hour over the last 30 days so <laughs> those, those are uh, right
1: in line almost with the season numbers he has a four percent barrel rate uh which is in the 92nd percentile in all of baseball so uh he can't strike anybody out but he also avoids barrels which is an interesting skill to say the least over his last uh 12 uh 12 no i don't know how to count sorry guys what? 6 but you can 12, do 100. Seventeen over his last 17 innings guess how many strikeouts he has uh it's three starts i'm sorry over 16 innings Se- 17. 17
0: 17 innings in his
1: last three starts how many strikeouts
0: i'm gonna say he has eight you're generous he has half of that he has four oh really <laughs> even in today's standards uh Well, I mean, the one saving uh, the saving grace about Alec Mills is that he will eat you innings. And the last four starts, he has 21 uh, innings pitched. So was about five. It's better than a lot of these other pitchers who are available on waiver wire. So but I mean, I guess my question is, does uh, is that enough reason? The low exit velocity and the weak contact rates. Is that reason enough to trust Alec Mills for the rest of the season?
1: Uh, You would have to be hella desperate, hella desperate. I, I don't think if you're a contending team in your league, you're adding Alec Mills. And I think if you're adding Alec Mills, you are simply a bottom feeder team. That's avoiding the dreaded last place fantasy punishment. If your league <laughs> has one, that that is the only reason I would ever pick up. Hell. I think a good punishment would be if you come in last place, you have to have Alec Mills on your roster the entire season next year.
0: <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. I mean, that's- <laughs> a hell that's a lot to take in but let's move I, on to a. I hate to a, roast the guy like that i mean he's it's whatever the cubs do it to themselves and then they went ahead and got six other pitches just like him too so whatever uh let's talk about a guy with some promise here shane mcclenahan um uh the last 30 days 28 strikeouts per, uh percentage 7.7 uh, walk percentage the whip's are pretty high, not as high as Alec Mills, but it's pretty high at 1.21 compared to some of these other pitchers that are available. Uh, but the advanced ERAs, absolutely love this guy. This is why I have him um, in my fantasy because I'm hoping that some of these advanced ERAs like field independent pitching and skills interactive ERA uh, actually translate into uh, fantasy uh, production for me as well. But uh, he induces plenty of swings, doesn't give up a lot of contact, Uh and uh, the one thing I don't like is that he he is giving up an exit velocity. It's the opposite of Alec Mills. Ex, exit velocity of 94.1 miles an hour in the last 30 days and a hard hit rate, according to StatCast, of 50%. Uh, but that also is coupled with a 15.2 swinging strike percentage. Sean, make this make sense. Oh, I, I thought you were going
1: to say something else after that. Shane McClanahan's a beast, but he's still a 24-year-old very young starting pitcher who I'm kind of pleasantly surprised that Tampa has taken a pretty hands-off approach to him. He's already made 17 starts, 85 innings, Uh, probably by the end of the year plus playoffs if they make it, you're looking at maybe 140 innings, which is solid and especially something for him to build on into next year. Uh, he's in the 90th percentile in whiff rate, and that is buoyed by the fact that all three of his secondaries have at least a 40% whiff rate. Slider, 42. Curveball, 43. Changeup, 46. Uh, the fastball, which is the most exciting thing about him, because here he is, he's a young 24-year-old lefty, and he's averaging 97 miles an hour on his fastball. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the issue with it is... And he ran into this issue, I think, right the, right when he got promoted to double-A in 2019. I was so, you know, just stoked to watch him. And he got lit up. And I was like, that's depressing. But if you look at his fastball heat map, it's just all in the strike zone. And it's just kind of all towards the middle. It's spread out. It's not concentrated like middle-middle. But it seems like with that fastball, he's trying to beat big league hitters in the zone. Big league hitters can hit velocity. If the, It's one, a fastball count, and two, they know it's coming. And right now, I think they're content to sit. His breaking stuff are just so good right now in off-speed that a hitter's probably just sitting fastball because they know he's going to throw a fastball in the zone. And if they can get that fastball in the zone, they're going to do damage with it. Uh, definitely, if he's available, he shouldn't be available in a league. What's his ownership percentage, you said?
0: Yeah, uh, his ownership percentage at CBS.com, uh, CBSSports.com, is uh, currently at eighty percent, and it's it continues to rise. He's uh, yeah, he he's, he
1: need, he needs to be rostered.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, he's
1: definitely a guy that I could see some severe helium going into drafts next year as well.
0: Yeah, as I should. Uh, like I said, he went from 72% to 80%, and it keeps rising. So uh, pretty soon he's not going to be available. Uh, in terms of the 39 pitchers I have going here at Fangraphs, he's listed as the having the third best skills interactive ERA or C-era for short. Again, I was ready to cut him this past weekend just to see what, was, what else was out there. And there's really nothing else out there. So I consider myself fortunate enough to have him along on my team. I just don't know. I mean, like you said, Tampa – uh, having a hands-off approach how much can i trust that to keep going because you know tampa's notorious for uh tinkering and doing some innovative stuff that it's not very uh fantasy baseball friendly so but until then let the good times roll i guess uh next guy up i don't know if you want to talk about jameson tyone he's owned in 95 percent, but i'm so desperate for any type of pitching that I'm willing to talk about Jamison Tyone if you want to, but if not, I'm okay with it as well.
1: I mean, he, he's a guy that I had in the Baseball Life League and I cut, and he was what, July pitcher of the month? Um, <laughs> so that, but let's be honest here. Uh, March and April, six oh, ERA over six. In May, four and a half ERA. June, six ERA. That was probably right around the time I cut bait. And uh, here he is. You know, he had 31 innings in July, 1.16 ERA. Uh, 25 strikeouts and 31 innings. Uh, he had 10 strikeouts in his first start of August. It, he's, I, I don't know how I feel about him.
0: Yeah. Because uh, I really
1: liked him coming into the year. And then I saw that the stuff is pretty diminished in terms of velocity. And he's still, I think, just trying to figure out how to be a, a major league pitcher with where he's at now. And he's right at, you know, a strikeout per inning. It's – I don't know. It's a weird place for him to be in. He locates the fastball well right at the top of the zone. His biggest heat map on the fastball is high right at the top of the zone. You do like to see that. The two-breaking ball thing hasn't seemed to work. Uh, The slider, which used to be his best pitch as a Pirate – they're allowing he he's they're batting 300 against it with a 20 percent whiff rate so uh it's the, the curveball is slightly better the change-ups okay i i'm like i said i i don't know exactly how to grade him out right now
0: yeah uh, he's a he's a mixed bag of things he has a low i mean over the last 30 days low whip low era uh very high he's inducing a lot of swings both uh outside the strike zone and overall. Um, But he also gives a a pretty substantial amount of contact, especially after we just talked about Shane McClanahan. Uh, He's at close to 70% outside the uh, strike zone contact rate. So uh, even when he's trying to uh, uh, squeak by pitchers and pink corners, uh, I'm sorry, when he's trying to squeak by hitters, hitters are still making contact when he's trying to pitch outside the strike zone. So that's a concern. Uh, But conversely, he also has low exit velocity, low barrel rate but he also has a, a pretty high hard hit rate according to StatCast. So I don't know what to make of it, but it seems like the arrow's kind of trending up. So
1: Yeah, the, the main Maybe. thing that worries me with Jamison Tyone is in Pittsburgh, you know, he threw more. Well, the, his last year in Pittsburgh, he was still uh, throwing more four-seamers than sinkers, but he was always, you know, a guy who threw a lot of sinkers. This year, he's all but ditched the sinker. He's only thrown it less than uh, 5% of the time. And we've seen his ground ball rate go from the high 40s, mid 50s to 33.2. And almost all of it has just directly gone into his fly ball percentage and fly ball percentage in Yankee stadium and other AL East ballparks. Not usually a good recipe for success. Uh, I know that's a a purposeful thing. Uh, He's trying to get the swings and misses at the tops of the, at the tops of the zone, that's going to lead to less ground balls. Um, but if you're not getting the the swings and misses in the strikeouts because uh, he's right there, 50 percentile and whiff rate, uh, I'm not sure what exactly is better for him at this point, uh, keeping the ball on the ground and giving up less home runs because he's already given up uh, 17 this year and only 107 innings or trying to get swings and misses with the diminished fastball. i I don't
0: know oh man it's very frustrating and it only gets more frustrating from here as i i just got my third tornado warning on my phone uh casey mize uh the former first round pick overall the highly touted prospect mr uh next superstar starting pitcher um i don't know i think this is one of the guys that you've mentioned before that you know that that some teams are opting to just have some of their better uh starting uh prospect pitching, pitching prospects develop in the majors. And I guess this is one of them, 15.9 strikeout percentage in the last 30 days, but he does have good control. He doesn't give up a lot of walks and that's pretty much all there is to say about him. Cause the, the advanced areas are pretty high. He's not inducing a, a, a lot of swings like the previous guy we just mentioned. Uh, uh Who the hell we were just talking about. Was it Jameson Tyone? Jameson Tyone. Yeah. So Tyone is uh, gives uh induced a lot of swings and Mize does not by comparison, gives up a lot of contact. uh, doesn't miss bats. <laughs> it's just, Oh man, it's just frustrating. What is going on with Casey Mice? How come he's not living up to any of that potential that he, uh, was so promising when he was coming up?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's a not living up to potential because this is a guy who still has under 140, 150 innings, professional innings pitched. Uh, the Big pitch for him when he was coming up was supposed to be a splitter. Uh, I think we found that the splitter is not really his best pitch. Uh, He's thrown a lot of sliders this year. It's actually his most thrown pitch, more so than the 14 fastball. And there's a good reason for that because it is his best pitch. Um, I think he's still tinkering with what the best pitch mix for him is. And I'm not sure if they know yet. Uh, he's also been kind of babied a little bit this year. They won't let him yep. go too deep into games. Um, so far, he had a pretty good month of July. It was his best month, um, 3.18 ERA. In fact, he gave up 15 earned runs in just the month of April and combined in May, June, and July only gave up 27, and the, three times the amount of innings. So he had ERAs of 1.7, 3.8, 3.1. I think that's pretty solid. Uh, Yes, he's probably getting a little bit lucky, but I think there's a pitchability to him in the fact that he does pitch in Detroit, which is a pitcher's ballpark. You can give up some long fly balls there. And it's a relatively weak division. And I think you do have to take that into account when you're looking at these guys. uh, It's not like it was last year where we could easily say, Every pitcher in the AL Central got the biggest boost, and you could literally, you know, bump them up in the draft or where, however, you viewed them. But still, the AL Central is probably the weakest hitting division. Casey Mines gets a slight bump from that, and he's still only 24. So I think, as long as he's healthy, the arrow is slowly but surely going up, even if the advanced stuff doesn't like him now.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, pedigree is there, so that's reason enough to keep him aboard. But, man, I don't know. If you're playing for this year, I, I'd be – I don't know. He's owning 86% of leagues, so it's obviously people believe in that pedigree and that he can turn things around this season. But, man, if I have Casey Mize on my team, I'm, I'm really thinking long and hard if I want to keep him around as I make my stretch run into the playoffs or whatever. Moving on to a guy that you used to uh, – are pretty familiar with and Steven Matz for the Blue Jays having a pretty decent uh, year so far Uh, over the last 30 days. However, the strikeout percentage isn't as high as some of these other pitchers again, control though. I think he's, I believe he's always had pretty decent control. I mean, yeah, it's
1: always been solid. It's never been
0: outrageously bad, but unfortunately he has a 1.35 whip. So even though he has really good control, uh, probably a command issue as hitters are just kind of teeing off of him every once in a while. So usually they, either you're giving up too many walks or giving up too many hits. And I guess Matt's is giving up too many hits. Uh, the advanced stats are kind of mixed. Good FIP, but whore, uh, not uh, a Sierra over four, I guess. And does not induce a lot of swings. So hitters are not being fooled by anything that he throws outside the strike zone. Gives up a lot of contact. I'm sorry. That's a lot of contact from my yeah. taste.
1: He's a sinker ball pitcher. Always has. Been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And right now it's clocking at 94.9 miles an hour over the last 30 days. And these very good stat cast numbers but I don't know, man. It's, I feel like there's, there's a little bit more uh, left to be desired with Steven Matz. What do you think?
1: I think at this point he is what he is. He's a <laughs> lefty that is going to give you a one and a half, like kind of war an ERA right around four. Uh, not going to walk the guy, you know, walk the house, not going to strike everybody out. Um, I think Mets fans were silly to run him off as quickly as they did. Uh, Cause what killed him last year was the home run ball. In 30 innings, he had a 4.1 home run per nine, four, 4.1, four home runs for every nine innings pitch. That's just an unsubst- unsustainably high number. This year, 1.21. Uh, the first five years of his career, his uh, home runs per nine, 1.34. So it's right there back to what it was in his career with the Mets from 15 to 19. He had a 4.05 ERA. 4.3 FIP and a 4.01 XFIP. This year, he's at a 4.3 ERA, a 3.83 FIP, and a 3.74 XFIP. So he's actually doing better in those last two uh, metrics than he did um, for his career as a Met. I think he's he's not a exciting pitcher, but he might find his way in traditional leagues where whip can really hurt you. Uh, A 1.3 whip isn't pretty, but he gets you innings. Uh, He's going to give you about a strikeout per inning. And the ERA is going to hover around four without sinking you. So I think he's a serviceable fantasy asset, but he's not going to by any means save your season.
0: It might be too late to even suggest, but uh, he is facing the angels tonight and he's facing the Mariners uh, this weekend, uh, the 15th of August two start week for this guy
1: uh I, i'm uneasy about that that angels one they got a, even uh, though they're the angels they seem to have a lot of right-handed hitters that are doing pretty well against lefties right now
0: yeah and i picked them up in our yahoo league the one that the 10 teamer that had to head one with the crazy Fangraphs numbers i picked them up because uh what's his face uh the the korean is it i think he's korean i'm assuming he's korean the korean uh, guy from the korean pitcher from uh the st louis cardinals uh Kwon I, Young Kim thank you that guy he got injured so I dropped him and I picked up Steven Matz just because I I figured he's gonna pitch tomorrow against the Angels and uh, wish me luck on that one uh who's next on the docket oh okay John Gray uh so this is a guy that <laughs> the Colorado Rockies got a lot of flack for for not being able to trade him veteran pitcher at 29 years old last five uh last 30 uh days he's pitching five games 30 innings pitch, so he's been gobbling up those innings as uh, as a middling starting pitcher can. But once again, the strikeout rate for a guy who's supposed to have like this high velocity and decent amount of stuff with a big pedigree, and he is a former top-five draft pick, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys, at least not in the last 30 days. The control's out of whack for him, 9.7% walk rate. Um, the whips, n- nothing to brag about. The advanced CRAs don't like him. Even the X-Whip, which kind of... uh uh, account for the home run balls and uh you know probably the thin air at course field that those guys usually get a, the benefit of the doubt from the, the expected field independent pitching metric doesn't like him either he's a, he's over four i mean over four is not too bad but i'm sorry in my world over four is still over four era so uh, no not for me and finally doesn't do a lot of swings uh, contact rate, uh, 74.3 percent. Uh, overall contact rate, which I don't know for a guy like him, I, I, I would expect better than that. Although I understand that he's a Rockies pitcher, and finally, um, 12.3 swinging strike percentage. Again, a mixed bag of things here, Sean. I mean, there's a lot to like here, but there's also a lot to dislike. But looking at the numbers here, it would explain why the Rockies had a very tough time trying to deal this guy away.
1: I think I'm actually, uh, you're zigging, I'm zagging here. Uh, 3.6 ERA. Uh with happier starts being in Colorado is fantabulous. Uh the Mets really could have used John Gray. Um, it's a shame that the Rockies felt like they'd rather have a compensatory pick than uh, you know, a prospect that's a little bit closer to the majors. Uh, but even more impressive than his 3.6 or 3.67 ERA is a 3.61 expected ERA. And this is, you know, held up by the fact that he's posted the lowest expected batting average against him. Uh, in his career at 228, uh, He has three secondaries that he's allowing hitters to bat 200 or less, both his slider, changeup, and curveball. Uh, the slider uh, has always been a great pitch for him, and it is, again, this year. Uh, the fastball, he's still throwing it hard, 95 miles an hour, average velocity. Um, it's just sitting too much in the middle. Uh, the, but the slider, changeup, and curveball all look really good. And I think this is a guy that is going to be a real steal uh come free agent time
0: well right now he's at 83 percent owned so the, if you're lucky enough you might get him in any leagues but i don't know man uh for a guy that we were expecting much more from remember th- this is the guy that cubs fans were like talking about we could have had him over chris bryant I, don't, I i always forget who got picked first or not but this was around the time where the where, where, during the before the championship where the Cup fans were thinking, well, now all we need is a starting pitcher, a really good one to go with our big bats in the minors. And he was it at one. He was the guy at one point. And all I see is just a, it's a whatever pitcher. I know you, you mentioned all the good things about him, but. Yeah. Chris Bryant was two. John Gray was three. Oh, okay. So yeah, the Cubs picked Chris Bryant over John Gray. So, you know, at any rate, it is what it is. Uh, They're both going to be gone from their teams anyway. So who cares? Uh, Zach Thompson. We move on to Zach Thompson of the miami marlins and i feel like we talked about him before and we didn't have i feel like it was it was only a few starts into his career inconclusive that's what i was trying to get to but yeah so far after four starts in the last 30 days uh the strikeouts are nothing to brag about the walks are of major concern the uh although he has a very low whip rate of zero point i'm sorry that's the uh the hell i can read this thing that's a home run per nine. My bad. So 0.96 home run per nine. So I guess that's pretty good. Uh, 1.23 whip. ERA is pretty good at 289. But everything else, expect the ERAs that don't, is basically saying don't fall for this guy. Uh, decent amount of swinging percentages. Uh, but the contact rate pretty darn high. No swinging strike rate above 10% for this guy. And he hovers around 91 miles an hour on, on his fastball. It's a lot of negative on, on on Zach Thompson. Is there anything positive you have to say about Zach Thompson?
1: I think the fastball, even though it's only averaging 92 miles an hour, uh, he gets pretty good extension on it at 6.4 feet. And that comes from him having a very large six foot seven frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might just be one of those guys who is figuring it out. I mean, we have zero expectations for this guy. The Marlins probably had next to zero expectations for this guy. So to get anything out of him at this point is considered a success. Uh, he has a two and a half ERA, uh, a 3.7 expected ERA. So, you know, do for a little bit of regression, but he's a piece. And right now the Marlins have a lot of pieces in that rotation. So maybe if Zach Thompson, isn't a starting five starting pitcher. Uh, maybe he is that depth that every team wants going into a season, uh, especially optionable depth where you can put him in AAA and keep him as a starter, or you put him in the bullpen and have a traditional long man, which I feel like not a lot of teams have anymore. Uh, it, it seems to be a rare thing, at least the Mets. The Mets haven't had a, a true long man. I guess their long man this year was Sean Reed Foley before he disappeared. Like, like that was it.
0: Well, that's what I mean. It's like we don't even have the long relief pitchers who can go in and spot start every once in a while and get you like four or five innings pitch. We God don't damn even it. Have... Where's
1: Carlos Torres when I need him?
0: Yeah, we don't even have those guys anymore. But uh, and anyway, uh, of the 39 pitchers I have listed on my, on my fan graph spreadsheet here, uh, Zach Thompson, in terms of skills, interactive ERA over the last 30 days has a six worst the sixth worst mark among all the 39 pitchers. So I'll be passing yeah, on him until he shows me I, I, otherwise. I feel like he's a guy that Sierra is not going to like. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> if Sierra don't like him, I don't like him. So <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll be
1: sure to put that on your gravestone.
0: <laughs> I've, I've passed on a lot of great pitchers uh, because Sierra didn't like him. So. Oh, uh, let me see you one two step. Okay,
1: true. Smile. Penny, huh? Penny's gonna bring a boyfriend home, and you're gonna be like, Son, what's your Sierra? And then he's gonna say 5.7. No, like,
0: Get out of the house. No, he's gonna say, What's your Sierra? And he goes, It's a GMC. Oh no, oh no,
1: oh that, no, no that, oh that, no, that, that, that was cringy, that was cringe. <laughs>
0: Well, it's like GMC Sierra, the truck trucks that are America made, America man made for America.
1: Why are we even giving them free advertisement? Are they paying you?
0: No. If so, split it. I don't even. I don't even drive a Sierra. I don't even drive an American home car. It's all Korean for me, man. Just like uh, like one young was... Kim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you for that. So just like the
1: Japanese Kyle Hendricks or oh. Japanese
0: korean that's a Hiro Tanaka or. <laughs> uh... You say Kikuchi, I say Kakachi. There you go. Uh, Drew Smiley uh, doing anything but smiling nowadays. Uh, over the last thirty days, four starts, seventeen innings pitch. Again, this is going to be a theme. Not uh, the strikeout percentages. You know, for for uh, we're in a time where strikeout percentages are supposed to be really high, and strikeouts, Everybody's striking out at a very high rate. And we're talking about all these pitches who are barely hovering over twenty percent. And uh, Smiley also has a walk rate of eight point nine percent over the last thirty days. And for those who would prefer. The walk per nine, that's at the 3.57 per nine walk rate uh, over the last 30 days. Uh, whip of 1.64, advanced ERAs hate him. He does induce uh, a decent amount of swings. Uh, keeps contact fairly uh, in decent control, uh, to my surprise. A really good swinging strike percentage at 12.7. Uh, the velocity is not there. I mean, he is 32 years old. He's seen better days. I mean, his arm has been reconstructed numerous times. And finally, I mean, the exit velocity, 85.8 miles an hour, but it's, it comes with a, a barrel rate of 10.9%. And finally, a hard hit rate of 34.5%. So, yeah, he doesn't. So, I don't know, man. It, it's, it, this guy looks like he could be a very uh, efficient and trustworthy pitcher. So, why isn't he?
1: Uh, because everyone got fooled by 2020 and forgot that this guy was like a four to five ERA guy. He had a 3.4 ERA in 2020 and in 26 innings, 26 innings. And he was hurt like in the first half and he came back and he had 42 strikeouts in 26 innings. And it was posted an insanely high whiff rate, insanely high strikeout rate, 38%. It was something crazy like that. Yeah, And then. Everyone forgot who he was, and he gets this one-year, eleven million-dollar deal from the Braves. Uh, he's a two-pitch pitcher, and honestly, if he's going to be successful moving forward, uh, this is a guy that throws a fastball, curveball. That's it. He throws a cutter ten percent of the time, but cutter is just the redheaded cousin of the fastball. <laughs> um, you know, when I look at this pitch mix and I look at the, you know, floundering levels of success as a starter. You know what this reminds me of? A fastball, curveball lefty who throws a, cut, a an occasional cutter. Rich Hill. Drew Pomerantz. Oh, him too. Because he was a guy who, he, as a starter, just it never worked out. And he yeah. was a fastball, curveball guy. They put him in the bullpen. He throws fastball, curveball. His fastball gets a few extra ticks. Uh, he you know, goes all out. He doesn't have to worry about saving bullets and sequencing as, as much. Um, I think that could be Drew Smiley's best, you know, future here.
0: Yeah, that's what it looks like, uh, uh, that he should just beat, you know, ask for a position out of the bullpen, because it seems like he does have the makeup in terms of the statistics of a guy who should be throwing out of the bullpen. So we'll see. Uh, But so far, again, it's just been frustrating because, I mean, Drew Smiley has been around since forever. I mean, he's 32 years old. And this is the opposite of uh, getting older is better. This is not getting better because you're older. He's not even getting experience uh, to hone his craft a little bit. And it looks like he's still depending on a lot of uh, um, just the the, whatever, the waning stuff that he has. So uh, speaking of which, we're running out of time here, Sean. I didn't realize uh, we were already past the hour. How many more can you do of these? Uh, Let's do two. And I Uh, will keep it short. Okay. Tristan McKenzie. uh, Go ahead. No, no. Oh, okay, no. <laughs> I, oh.
1: I, I, don't believe he just the frame isn't there, and he hasn't shown the ability to maintain velocity. Yeah. And it seems like when it goes, it goes, and yeah. it just he becomes a very hittable high four seam fastball. Uh, yeah, this year, you know, and this was the the big worry with him was he was so skinny, and I mean Jacob Degrom skinny, and he throws one hundred two miles an hour. Uh, but Tristan McKenzie is six foot five, one hundred and sixty five pounds. I mean, that's like somebody buy him a cheeseburger, please. <laughs> and his average fastball velocity has gone down compared to last year, and it's at ninety one point nine. Yes, he puts it very well up at the top of the zone. Hitters are only batting two twelve against it, but I, I just I don't buy it this year. And you look in. I guess they're just doing a lot of, yeah, he's given up 11 home runs, but only bat they're batting two twelve against it. So I guess that's his issue there. Uh, if he doesn't locate it high enough, it's a batting practice fastball. Uh, his curveball slider both have whiff rates over 40%, but I think that players or hitters are just, you know, zeroing on the fastball. He throws it 63% of the time. They know it's coming and it's not coming very fast. So
0: yeah, no. Let's do some lightning round uh, because I, I feel like we should talk about some of these pitchers on the top 10, top 15. So uh, first guy that shows up is Kyle Freeland of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, surprisingly very good uh, control over the last 30 days. Uh, all of the advanced ARAs love him. Should we love him as much, Sean? Uh, is it
1: 2018 again? 2019? No, it's 2021.
0: Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, thank you then. Although I think I would take a flyer, although he... uh,
1: no, 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 it's it's a cores lefty who doesn't throw oh. hard, and so, he does, his ground saying... ball percentage has gone down. Yeah, so, so what
0: you're saying is to stream him. I got gotcha. you, stream him against very good uh, matchups there. But there's a lot to like about Kyle Freeland. Summer, you know what I mean, man. I don't like. I I, I he I still have... has a four and a half ERA on the road with
1: no, no, with no. A, with a 1.47 WHIP and 28 strikeouts and 36 innings
0: you're not seeing it the right way man you're not seeing it the right way
1: <laughs> okay let me close my eyes am i seeing it better
0: yeah i think yeah, i am it's actually a lot better now um <laughs> but uh no I, I you know me i don't i try to avoid every even john gray who's supposed to be the best one even german marquez i'm a little hesitant again although i prefer german uh, i'm sorry herman marquez over all like 99 of colorado rockies pitchers but i've seen these numbers over the last 30 days I mean, he's averaging about six innings, innings pitch per start over the last 30 days. The strikeouts aren't there, but the control is. And that, that's just kind of – and the advance here is being as good as they are. And he's inducing a lot of swings. The contact rate is pretty – too damn high. But still, it's kind of intriguing. I'm just saying it's kind of intriguing. Uh, Zach Gallen, um, <laughs> we just kind of quickly talked about him earlier today. Final verdict on uh, Zach Gallen, yes or no, up or down? You're, you're on mute.
1: Is he going to have another season-ending injury?
0: Uh, you tell me, man. <laughs> He's the guy that you you were uh, uh, I it, you were high on him. Uh, yeah, if year.
1: he can just get through the year, that's a, that's the success. That is the biggest success story of the year if he somehow stays healthy. Right. I'm not sure if you, this is a guy you go to for help. I I, I don't know.
0: Look at this, man. I'm, I'm on Kyle Freeland's last four games, all right? And he was at San Diego and at the Los Angeles Dodgers, pitching six and seven innings respectively. He's all he's only his own, man. He's only his it's, own. It's fake news. <laughs> it's, that is fake news. And over uh, you know, and of course with the Rockies against Marlins and Cubs, you know, two pretty pathetic uh teams at this point. Pitch five innings each, strike out about five and a half guys uh combined, average on average. Five and a half, guys. yeah. I six on one start, five on the other, five and a half guys. So you could start a burger place with that. Yeah. There's some hope here. There's some hope. Just don't get your ho- don't get too high on that. <laughs> uh, uh Joe Ross. Now this is a guy. Before he got hurt, I was very high on. I, I had him on my team, and then he got hurt, and I, there was no room for him anymore. But the strikeouts are there. Uh, walks could be a little bit better, but that's okay. We've seen worse on this list. Uh, the advanced kind of like um. Um, any other good thing to say about Joe Ross? Do we believe in Joe Ross this year? I liked
1: his brother more,
0: Tyson. Yeah, we talked yep. about that. All right, moving on. Josiah Gray also with the Nationals. Uh, it seems like he's finally, finally getting, uh, finding his own. Uh, he's, uh, I think, he had his, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, his longest start was his last one with the Nationals. I think he yeah. went about seven innings, I believe. I don't yeah, he, he's
1: he's made two starts and he's gone five innings each. Uh, he did have ten strikeouts in the most recent one.
0: That's what it was. Okay, so so he had multiple uh, double-digit strikeouts. So that's a, I don't know about you, man. That's that's a step in the right direction with the new team, new scenery, uh, new chance at life. Do you like Josiah Gray as much as I do?
1: I do, and he was on yeah. my thirty-team dynasty for a long, long time. He's one of those.
0: He, it's a very
1: interesting pitch style. He's not very tall. He's only six, you know, six foot, six foot. They have him listed at six one. I I'm not even sure if he's six foot, but he really drops and drives, gets really low, almost to the point of becoming unbalanced. His left leg bows all the way out once he drops, but he consistently throws the ball high in the zone. Gets pretty good spin on it, and that's why so far this year he has a twenty five percent whiff rate on his four seam fastball. Pretty solid for a fastball. Uh, The curveball slider. Uh, we'll see how they develop, but he seems to locate the curveball pretty good, consistently at the bottom of the zone, keeping the slider away to righties. I think it's one of those he throws curveballs to lefty sliders to righties, pretty common. Uh, it'll be interesting to track. I traded him; uh, I can't even remember for who now, uh, but I, I still believe in him. I think he's going to be a good pitcher.
0: Yeah, I'm, I had a chance to drop on this past weekend as well, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. It's just there's just not a, a lot of promising pictures at one waiver wires and the rest of the list is just garbage. Uh, you know, the Steven Brault's and the Daniel well, Daniel. Lynch, this episode, this
1: sorry. episode brought to you by speaking of garbage. We are now sponsored by waste management.
0: Actually, we're sponsored by the band garbage who just came out with a new album this year too. So
1: garbage, uh, garbage. Is that, uh, is that one of their songs? No, no <laughs> one of their
0: songs is I'm only happy when it rains and there's a tornado warning and tornado watches and, <laughs> thunder striking uh, Thunderstruck! oh uh, no <laughs> i think we've
1: officially jumped the shark on this episode
0: yeah. it was either that or we talk about blake snell who uh hey you know this explains why he had to be pulled in the world series because he's getting exposed man he's getting exposed kind of uh i don't know i feel like kevin Ga- Kevin Ca- cash has been um vindicated i do slightly yeah, I,
1: uh, I mean, pulling Blake Snell to me was never the ro- wrong move. It was who they put in afterwards. Yeah. Nick, Ander- Nick Anderson was gassed. I don't know why you're going to, him. but yeah. uh, uh, something I-, I don't like to see players struggle. But something about Blake Snell, uh, kind of throwing a fit uh, when MLB The Show released and he was only a gold, and he was like, "How the hell, hell am I a gold, man?" And I just really like every time he has a start, I just like want to go post his ERA because he, he usually posts a tweet after it starts. And I, I just want to screenshot the, Oh, th- how do they disrespect me? I'm only a golden. I think he's like a bronze now in MLB the show. So <laughs> karma <laughs> life comes at you fast.
0: <laughs> he is such a bumpkin, man. He is such uh, a, bumpkin. I can only imagine how the, f- how
1: the hell am I only a gold?
0: Come on, that, man. That
1: was exactly what it was.
0: Jeez. Oh, you ever see you remember like that one, uh, um, slapstick prospect. Pretty- no, besides... Nope. That, oh, yeah, that's another reason. <laughs> no, uh, uh, when he was uh, recording, how, how are they going to expect me to go out there and only play for $4.5 million? I want my money. I'm risking my life. And I oh, God. I don't want to use the word ghetto because of negative connotations that comes with it, but whatever the equivalent to that for his kind is, that's what he is. He's a bumpkin. So uh, I'm not going to say redneck either because uh, he's uh, a little bit too uh, streaked to be a, a redneck <laughs> or even a cracker, but... These are the things I can get away with uh, on the uh, podcast here.
1: Lo and behold, I'm just typing into the chat and just I'm teleprompting you right now. These are not Felipe's words. These are my words. No,
0: don't do that because then you'll get banned. Stop. Don't do that. (laughs) Believe me. I've taken one for the team too many times. (laughs) But uh, let's uh, stop right there before we get in trouble with the um, powers that be here um but this uh this was an interesting between this episode and last week's episode uh we we talked a lot of trash you're not even the the, uh, the houston astros variety like uh as it's Seems to be popular to talk about when you talk about trash, you talk about trash cans, talk about the Houston Astros, but no, just uh, a lot of, uh, it's been frustrating, uh, Sean. Uh, this has been one of the more frustrating years for me. Um, thank God for the baseball I league, which I've been dominating this whole, exa- this whole effing season. So at least uh, some things are going right, but everywhere else, it's been like one disaster after another with COVID and injuries and inconsistent play from a lot of the players here. Um, but uh, with that said, we have other podcasts we need to promote. Do you know them by heart? Cause I need a drink.
1: Uh, it's going to be the, I don't know their days, step back, audible, uh, dong city, of course, can't miss them. And, uh, the, 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 the wrestling one, what, what's the name of the wrestling the, one, uh,
0: Workshoot podcast, Workshoot
1: podcast with Corey Richmond, who was, uh, so luckily to join us at the beginning of the episode. I also want to say Felipe, remember at the very start of this episode, when we were talking about Luis Castillo and shame on you, if you dropped him, yeah. Well, I, I guess somebody must have heard us. The Cleveland offense heard us, and, and they uh, they marked him up for uh, eight runs and three and a third.
0: Ah, early season, Luis Castillo is back.
1: All good things must come to an end.
0: Who's pitching against them? Is it Cal Quantrill? <laughs> it's,
1: it's bad. It's Sam Hent- Yies, Hent- Hentges, oh, the former bullpen uh, guy. Justin Garza, and Blake Parker, and they've combined to go five innings.
0: Is that a bullpen game for them?
1: If you want to call that a bullpen, go for it.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of the Worship Podcast, it's Corey Richmond's birthday today, I believe. Happy birthday, Corey. Thank you for joining us. For Felipe, actually, I am Felipe. That <laughs> over there is Sean. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next week.